what did you do when she received, you know, her first menstrual cycle? Let me tell you, first of all, she she didn't know how to tell me. And but, but wait, you knew it was coming eventually, though, right? Yeah, you knew, I knew it was coming. I just don't know when. So I didn't I didn't I didn't know. And I didn't really I didn't have the conversation with her because I didn't know all that stuff myself. So when it came and she finally told me, maybe, I don't know, end of that day. Oh, man. Let's go. So, you know, of course I'm dad. So I'm going to act like I know it. We get to the supermarket. I didn't realize there were so many that going different, different brands. And so I'm reading all the packages. She looking all crazy. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, this is embarrassing though. On the little package on the pad, I thought on the pads that was little men on there. And it looked like, cause it go from small to bigger, right? Which I didn't realize that was a pad. But I thought it was men. So I was like, well, the stronger the man, because it was a big man or whatever, that means the pad is stronger. So we're going to get the strongest one, the thickest one. The strongest man on So hold on. So, oh, I'm crying. I want you to be clear so that all the moms can laugh at you all. So you thought when you looked at the pad that the little pad on the side of the thing was a man. I thought it was a man. It looked like a man. It, it was shaped like a man. And it then the like little one means that it's not so strong. And the bigger one means that it's real strong. Just, just being the size of the pad. So I, I don't know the flow. She wasn't trying to be like all open. Like, oh, it's heavy. This I just got the strongest <laughs> one. <laughs> and it was like that for months. Like probably about a year or so. Because I bought all the pads until like a year ago. Single dad, why you mad? 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 Daryl. Yep, I can hear you. Good to see you. Oh, you too, man. How's everything? So, uh, if you hadn't noticed, right, as soon as your face came on, I start smiling, right? Yeah. And because it's nice to see somebody with some grays in there besides myself. <laughs> Normally we get on here and although I believe I'm the oldest just by looking at your face, um, it's nice to know that I don't look the oldest. Uh, you got some grays going on in there, right? And you ain't trying to hide it? Oh yeah, nah. I'm grayed out, but it, it is what it is. Good for you. Good for Dude, you. Why, why do you think I started growing this thing, man? So people would take me seriously and see the gray because I don't have anything. On I my don't head. see it. I don't see it, Clark. I believe what? that my, you're my Grecian, little patches. I believe your Grecian formula or what do they call it? He's doing something. Just for men. <laughs> um, so uh, in case anybody doesn't know, I'm going to welcome everybody back to a uh, another episode of Single Dad While You're Mad, right? Um, and before we get started, uh, Clark. My week has been good, nothing exciting. Um, uh, Miles is going back and forth to school and uh, it's working out well. Um, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, he's in school. Tuesdays and Thursdays, he's remote. And uh, I gave him his Christmas gift early, his Nintendo Switch, and he loves it. Um, my sister bought him a game. I got him two games and downloaded one game and he's figuring out that thing on his own. You know, there'll be times he'll bring it over to me, right? And he'll say, uh, what's they saying? What they saying? Because he can read one word, right? Or he, he can recognize one word like stop or press A or whatever else it is. But when they got a whole string of words going across, he'll ask me what they saying. 
He's like, and, it's too uh, much. Yeah. And then when I read to him and tell him what they're saying and say, here, let me do it. Once he recognizes what he needs to do, he actually, you know, rudely um, grabs it back for me and pushes me out the way I got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have no idea where he gets that from, but that's fine. <laughs> that, that, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Right. Um, how about yourself, Clark? Um, in terms of what's going on with me, you know, it, it I think school is going to go the opposite direction up here. Um, you know, I'm up here in Connecticut. And when you say school's going to go the opposite direction, tell me what you mean. I'm listening. So, so, so what I mean is, you know, my kids have been remote and, you know, there are other parts of the state that have been hybrid. Um, so the interesting thing is like the state of Connecticut probably has just a few more people than the borough of Brooklyn, but instead of it just being like one educational system, like one set of government, one police department, one, you know, sanitation department, you have 169 different towns doing 169 different things. And, um, you know, so it varies. Like you have some school systems that have had their all of their kids remote you had some that are doing a hybrid thing where kids are remote for a week and then they're home for a week um and then you've had some families that are just like yo i'm not fucking with it my kids are staying home so you know like my household is one of those families my kids have been home since since the pandemic started and doing remote learning and what you're finding is the covid cases are becoming more and more prevalent up here um and so like when they, they, I was watching a news report the other day and they showed the map and it was just a bunch of red. So everything is like a hot zone except for like one little corner in the Northwest. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking that, you know, post like Thanksgiving, a lot of places are gonna go to a, a completely remote model and you're gonna see kids at home. Um, I'm used to it and you know, we, we've been dealing with it. Um, and we're just going to keep thugging it out. Okay. So uh, we have a guest today. Um, Daryl, how do you spell Daryl? Uh, D-A-R-R-E-L-L. So I got it right. Yep, you got it right. I was concerned when I sent it out, uh, the invite, whether or not I had it right. And uh, Daryl, how old are you? 47. 47. He looks young, right, Clark? Yeah, he does. Yeah, you got a good-looking face there, brother. And uh, 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 how many children do you have? Just one. And how old is that one? Uh, she turned 18 in September. We in the same pit, brother. <laughs> Man. All right. So um, introduce yourself, Daryl. Tell people as much as you would like them to know, like, you know, um, where you're from, you already did the how old you are, if you want to do your ethnicity, um, if you want to, uh, uh, anything, just introduce yourself quick. All right, so originally I'm from Queens, New York, uh, moved to Atlanta in 95, so I've been here, um, I actually started, my daughter was born actually here. Um, good, regular life, man, went to school for heating and air. Started a small heating and air conditioning business. I'm doing pretty decent in, in Georgia right now. Um, so married twice, divorced twice, uh, and now I'm just raising this my daughter. And is the daughter from the first or the second? 
Actually, strangest things, neither. So I was married, divorced, had a girlfriend in between the marriages, had a daughter. Married, I mean, that relationship didn't work out, got married, and actually my daughter, mom, right in the beginning, I'll say right before or right around the time we was going through some issues, she had an asthma attack and passed away. Wow. Um, and now raising my daughter. And then after that, I got married and divorced. So a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. So you had so, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and before we even, so I don't know if you're a Democrat or a Republican, Daryl. I'm just going to assume you're a Democrat. Um, and I'm just going to assume um, you are happy with the, uh, the fact that Atlanta and Georgia showed y'all ass up in this election. Man, we was determined. <laughs> A lot of people wasn't, though, but it was more people determined than the ones that wasn't. So that's all that mattered. And Stacey Abrams, she is a champ down there now, ain't she? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's consistent, man, and she's real. So um, that lot of that stuff... I was proud. I was proud. As a Georgian. Oh, yes. Good for you. So am I. People seeing it, man. I mean, just, and I'm going to tell you one other thing, man. Another thing I was proud about this year, my daughter voted for the first time. She, she turned 18 just in the right amount of time. I took her down to vote. And I think that's one of the other things that wasn't calculated in Georgia is all the new 18-year-olds that was gonna be able to vote this year. But how you know she ain't vote for Kanye or a third party or something like that? <laughs> listen, because they all, listen, I can't tell you how many Instagram mamas and grandmamas I done seen posted cussing they baby out or they grandbaby out for vote for, for some third party or for Kanye. Yo, listen. Well, I can tell you, I don't know if this is, it was legal or if I even could say that. First time voters, they was allowed your parents to be there. Oh, oh, they allowed that down there? Yes. And she's in high school or she's um she's she's out. She's out of high school. She's this is her last year. Okay. All right. Oh man. So she 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 turned 18 right in the nick of time to save the world. So she's 18 now. You 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 know, she was born in between your marriages, right? So you, you you had a girlfriend in between your first marriage and your second marriage. How old was she when her mom passed away? Uh, seven. Oh, wow. So she, she was a little. She was a little more. But she remembers it. Yeah, she remembers it. She was actually there um, on the phone with me, and I was trying to coach her what to do until I got there. So, so her mom was having an asthma attack. And uh, she calls you to tell you, don't let me tell the story. You go ahead and tell the story. Right. So that's what it was. They ate dinner. Um, eventually, her mom, for whatever, she decided to have an asthma attack. So I think what it was, her mom was going to, she had left her purse in a car. So she's going to go to the run to the car, get her inhaler. And that's when my daughter called me. So what I told her is, I said, look, Go next door to the next door neighbor. Don't let her get in a car and try to drive. At least notify the neighbor. Maybe they could exist. So I think her mom rushed, got a bag, tried to do the inhaler. It didn't work. But at this point, it was almost like really critical. So my daughter went next door, 
notified the neighbor. Then her mom went next door. But by the time she was getting close to the door, to the neighbor's door, that's when she collapsed. I stayed on the phone. I was, I was probably maybe 10 minutes away. And she called the ambulance. So your daughter called the ambulance? Right. And by the time I got there, the ambulance pretty much robbed at the same time. But at this moment, she probably wasn't breathing for about 10 to 15 minutes. Jesus. that. Mine, so they start were, working. Were, the, working were the neighbors there, or was it just they? She was already at the neighbor's door. Yeah, the neighbors opened up, and actually, just um, I missed one part. The neighbor actually, the son, had just started taking CPR, so he ran and he tried to do his CPR, whatever he was learning. And because they just had finished eating dinner, it ended up she's end up aspirating her lungs. So when she aspirated, by the time the ambulance got there and it was working on her, and they got a heartbeat back, but it was 10 minutes or so, not breathing, aspirated in her lungs, just all of those things that happened. So by the time they worked on it and got her to the hospital, by that time, she was pretty much in a coma. And your daughter witnessed this whole thing? Correct. By the time I got there, um, that were you guys a couple at the time or were you living apart? No, we li started living apart. So um, so that happened, man. And she, she was in the hospital, kind of just gave my daughter some, just trying to encourage her and just be on a positive note on everything. Um, I wouldn't let her, I, I don't know. It was one of those areas that you don't know how much you want to expose your child to that's going to be embedded in their memory. Right. I wouldn't let her go to the hospital, see all the tubes and all that stuff, you know, in her throat and just her being in a coma. So I kind of going up there dealing with that, but I wouldn't let my daughter see that. And, but one of the things that was bad in the whole ordeal was because we weren't married, I didn't have the full say so. So her mom came down which did, they didn't have a great relationship. And she was dictating everything, you know, what the doctor should do and all this other stuff. Um, at one point she started doing a lot better and I let my daughter come and she's still in a coma, but she was kind of like breathing on her own. Yeah. And I let my daughter stare and once she called out a name or just, was there, I let her hug her, and then she started moving like she just wanted to speak, which seemed positive. But for some reason, and this is just my own, you know, take of all this, it seemed, because her mom and her didn't really have a great relationship, and her mom seen the progress, or it looked like progress, she started kind of stopping people from coming up there. Um, now, when we was together, we both had life insurances, and we both put our moms at for the beneficiary, right? Right, each other. So soon she seemed like she seemed like she kind of changed and kind of stopped people from coming. Um, and started talking more negative, like she wouldn't want to live like this. She don't want to be like this. She don't. And no, I know my child. She don't want to be vegetable kind of. She just don't want to be like this. So she started making more decisions on stopping the feeding and all these other things like that. The DNR, you mean? Correct. Do not resuscitate. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, it, it just went downhill from there. 
you know, it so, went down. So how long was she in the hospital before she succumbed? I'm gonna say a week and a half. So a Two week weeks. and a half. How, so a week and a half, and and of that week and a half, how 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 long or, or approximately how much of the time was she conscious and aware that you guys were there? Probably none of it. None of it. She was out of it the entire time. Yeah, she was out of it. Now, she was doing movements when you, you know, you go in and you say something, but according to the doctor, it was brain seizures. Okay. So just because they might notice somebody is in the room or I, it was kind of weird for me. I'm not going to say I even understand that, but. um. So it was more reflexive than her actually being aware is, is what the doctor was saying. Correct. She was aware, but she was having these brain seizures. So that was the movements, not necessarily her trying to communicate. So the doctor, what was the doctor's prognosis? Were they saying like, and, and I guess even the bigger question was, were they allowed to communicate with you or was all the communication done directly to her mom? Very little with me, mostly with her mom. Getting bits and pieces and trying to put it together. You know, anybody that has somebody, especially if it's a, a loved one or, you know, your child's mom, of course you want to do whatever, like, no, live. I want to live. It seemed like she's making some kind of progress. Now, maybe she wasn't. Maybe, you know, she wasn't going to ever come out. Maybe she was. I don't know. I, you know, you hear stories about people being in comas for a year and come out or, you know, months and months at a time and going through the same procedures and moving around and all these brain seizures or whatever, and they come out. So, but the long story of all of that was she made that decision and just like, no, she don't want to live like that. So before, in between that, when I seen them take the tubes out and she seems more normal and she seems to be reacting, that's when I let my daughter see her. And it yeah. seemed like it was on a positive end, like she was going to come through it, not knowing the decisions was being made to stop the feeding and everything else. So it went from the positive quickly to the negative when she's gone, you know. So, and, and your daughter witnessed this? Right. She she witnessed that small part. So I went from that positive part in the hospital to me having to tell her that she's gone. Okay. And the um, next time she seen her was the wake. During this time, um, who was your daughter living with while her mom was in the hospital? She was with me. Okay. But prior to her going to the hospital or having the asthma attack, who was she living with? She was with her mom. So she was her mom was a custodian parent. Yeah. So I guess my question now to you is, was there ever a point where you and her mom had to have a discussion about custody? It, it was. The, but let me, let, me, let me be clear about the question. While she was in the hospital, was that a question? No. Okay. It was while she was, in, while she was in the hospital, she wasn't communicating. She wasn't, she wasn't awake. Right. She wasn't... The last time I talked to her before that whole episode happened was that morning of that same day. No, but I mean, between you and your daughter's grandmother, while your daughter's mom was in the hospital, incapacitated, did her mother ever make an issue of who your daughter should be staying with, you or the grandma? She hasn't. Now, one of the things, like, her mom and me, I had a, a respectful relationship with her. 
but not a loving mother and mother-in-law. Like, this is like my mom relationship. Well, who does? I'm sorry. Who really right. does? Who does? Clark? You? Well, the the, the people who kind of my functional in-laws from my ex-wife, I love them. And they fucks with me, so I, I guess I'm different. Well, see, but Clark's always running for Clark's running for office anyway. Clark will be We'll make friends with Andy. <laughs> Dude, so, so, soon, soon enough. That's what you wish to do, man. I mean, that's what you strive. But y'all weren't really, uh, y'all had a respect for each other, but you don't really rock with each other like that. Right. We don't rock with each other. And she did a lot of stuff. I don't know. Mom was just strange, man. They had just had a real strange relationship. I'm sorry to hear this, man. Um, it's sad, right? Let me ask, and you, you, you tell us as much as you want to tell us or not tell us, right? And this is a conversation that I have once had with my child's mom, and I'm not quite sure we'll ever get to a, a resolution on it. You mentioned uh, something about insurance, but who was her beneficiary? The beneficiary was her mom first. And if I can remember right, we did these insurances before my daughter was born. I had my mom on mine and she had her mom on hers. And we never changed it. You know, we didn't get around to change it. Like, all right, let me put my daughter in my insurance. You know, at that time, it was never changed. So her mom didn't notice she was still in the house that we lived in together. I let her mom stay there when all the stuff was going down. She was just rumbling through everything, just going through everything. And when she came across that is when the attitude changed. So she found she found the the the, the insurance documentation, saw her name as beneficiary and was like, oh hmm. she didn't want to live like this. Right. But long story short, after all of that stuff, and you know when somebody passed and it'd be so much going on, you're not you try to be on top of things, but you're not you focused just, on that stuff. Right. You're not you're focused on that focused stuff. On it. It's not important to you. Like where the money going, what you know, it's just it doesn't. So, but that was her mom focus. Um, so I noticed that she was just making plans from the time that she was in the hospital, not so much after she passed. She was already doing little things like packing little things up. And again, I seen it. My energy couldn't go towards that. Right. It was more to make sure my daughter was straight mentally. And dealing with her, dealing that stuff that day, I didn't care about nothing else. Because your your kid is your primary focus, and even though you guys are apart, there's still a love and support for your daughter's mother, and right. and, and, tr and trying to figure out what's going on with her. So, like, co completely right. get that. Um, right. But the fi the financial aspect, and and it's funny because that that's like a, a conversation that absolutely needs to be had. Like, you know, you 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 get remarried. You know, you, your relationship status changes. Mm -hmm. You know, another kid shows up. You know, all, all the all these different life events is absolutely a reason to revisit what you've been doing with, with your insurances. And like, you know, like one of the things I, I look at with with me and my ex wife when we went through the divorce, like the court mandated, like, yo, both of you have to have life insurance in place with each other as the beneficiary. So. Right anything goes down, you know, that other person gets the cash infusion to replace the income that you had, that you were contributing in order to continue taking care of your girls. So stop right there, Clark. I like it. I like what you just said. Stop right there. You're saying that while you were in divorce court, the judge said that, correct? 
Right. So our, our mediator helped us come to that before we got in front of the judge, luckily. But that, that was one of the mandates is that we had to have life insurance in place with each one of us as the beneficiary to the other one's policy. So in the event that I pass away, she gets money to replace, you know, my lost income that helps, you know, keep the two households running and the same thing for her. And right? did you guys actually do that? Yeah, we did. We did. We, we, we put it and in it's place. it's still like that now. So in a yeah. sense, you have to trust that the person on the other side is going to do the right thing. Well, I, I, like I, you know, as macabre as it sounds, like I joke around about that shit in my house all the time. I'm like, worth more dead than I am alive. Believe it or not, I tried to have this conversation with my son's mom very early on, right? When right. Um, we first both went our separate ways, right? Um, who was the beneficiary on your policy? Who was the beneficiary on my policy, right? And I said, it should be each other. Because if God forbid something happens to me, I don't want you to have to go to somebody else to take care of my kid. Right. You know, like if I name my sister or my niece or one of my nephews or somebody like that. And the same thing is reverse. If God forbid something happens to you, you sh I should not have to go to whoever else it is. Um, but uh, uh, do I do I trust and believe that if my mom was the beneficiary, my mom would take care of, of my kids? Absolutely. But to your point, why put that middleman there? Do you trust and believe that your functional mother-in-law is going to take care of your people the and way then, you would? Would she take care of my kids in the way that I would or their mother would? No. You know, they, they aren't her kids. Does she love them? Yeah. Does she like them? Yeah. She don't fuck with them the way that me and their mom do. So to your point, like why involve that that third party versus go, going directly to the source? Will, will my ex-wife go out and get cosmetic surgery with some of the money or buy herself a new house or buy herself a new car? I don't know. But I do know that primarily her focus will be my kids. And that's a very good point because we never got a chance to visit that conversation. And when all that tragedy- we, But when you say we, Daryl, who are you talking about? You and your son's mom? Or you and mom. your son and your son, sorry, you and your daughter's mom, sorry. Or you and your daughter's grandma. No, me and my daughter's mom. Okay. And and the for your the point that you just made is so serious because when all the tragedy happened, my daughter didn't get a dime. Not only did she get she didn't get a dime, but after she, my daughter's mom passed, her mom was packing up stuff, taking her cars, all kind of stuff. Taking furniture, trying to take stuff that me and her bought together. So her mom had no idea that this is your house too. She just started packing stuff up, going through stuff, all that other sort of stuff. She knew, but I think it was the fact that because you and my daughter split up and you moved on and got your own place. This, this is mine now. This is mine now. I'm gonna take this. It, it, like my daughter didn't exist. You know, I had the neighbor watching the house. She got some family members, came back with a U-Haul and was planning on trying to clear the house out. Now, she didn't have access to the house. They left a window open upstairs and they was actually trying to break in to clear the house out. No lie, just lifting each other. I don't know how they was thinking. They, they was going to lift each other up. I don't know what the hell, they, how they was going to do it. But when I got the call, I called 911, police came, 
and stopped it all and just like, look, if you don't leave now, you get locked up. So it, it's quickly turned to so vengeance. Like, I mean, it, it, it quickly turned. And you wouldn't think that a mother-in-law or anybody would adapt that kind of mindset. And like I said, again, if she would ask me for the stuff, I would have gave it to her because I, I didn't need it. Did she ever try to take possession of the house? No, because she couldn't afford it. She couldn't. I don't even think she wanted it. I don't. She didn't live here in Georgia. She lived in Arkansas. So she, she came up from Arkansas and just basically was like, oh, seeing all the shit that's in the house and just basically taking, right. taking, calling dibs, basically, right. or, or what was in the crib. Well, um, like, just do everything. Plus, I got the life insurance. So I'm about to ball out. I'm about to take all this stuff and upgrade my life. Okay, so so I got a couple of questions, right? So so, and, so Clark, but before you do that, right? So yeah. I'm fucking pissed, man. <laughs> Yo, I'm well, my, pissed, man. I'm like I, pissed because because I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to build to understand it, right? Because like this shit is and, and and it's fucked up because this is not the first time I've seen some shit like this in my life. Do you know what the value of the policy was? The value of the policy was only it's about a hundred fifty thousand, I think. Right. So 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 think about that, right? Like 150 grand is a life altering amount of money for most people. Mm -hmm. And particularly with life insurance, like that usually passes tax free to the beneficiary. So whoever whoever the fuck got that money got a hundred and fifty thousand dollar tax free infusion into their life. Mm -hmm. The idea being that that money is mom, here you go. And you would think she'd take care of the grandchild. You would think. So you're saying out of that 150 grand, your daughter has seen not a penny. Not a penny. Did not she even, the funeral? Not even a phone call that say, I love you. Did she but I'm the funeral? She, yeah, she, who, my, the grandma? Yeah. The grandma paid for the funeral. Yeah, yeah she came to the funeral. She no, came to the funeral. Not came, not came. Did she pay for it? She did. Okay. Actually, she did. Yes. Right. Because she had more say so because she had everything, right? Right. So she did pay for the funeral. And afterwards, I, I haven't, I didn't hear from her again until maybe a year later. And she was going on. I'm still kind of like pissed about the whole deal. And not because it, it was beyond the money. And, right. you know, maybe she needed more than, you know, anybody. So it wasn't that. It was how things was handled and the mental stress that my daughter was going through at the time. You didn't show the concern. It didn't matter about the things, the cars, the money. It didn't matter. But the mental stress, you didn't check on her to even say, how you doing, you know, and cry together, something. So she, so after the funeral, she didn't check in on her grandchild for a year. No, I didn't hear anything for, for a, year. a year. And me, so thinking ahead, you know, my daughter get 30 years old. You'll never say that daddy didn't let me speak to my grandma. I don't understand. So I actually called her to put my daughter on the phone to just talk to have some sort of relationship because once all this blow past this is still life after this right there's still some kind of closure that my child is going to need and that was the only way we were able to talk to her 
and try to keep it on a positive note, we just stayed away from any conversation about anything that happened. We just stayed on like it was brand new. Right. And she kind of mentioned like, you know, I think I made a mistake, this and that, but at this point I really didn't want to even engage and hear about it. So she was acknowledging to you that she made a mistake? Yeah. She was like, I think I made a mistake. And I know she was referring to the whole stopping and feeding thing. Let her live with that shit. Yeah. You're going to have to deal with that. That's what you did. You're going to, when you die, you're going to have to answer all that. And I didn't even acknowledge it. So, Um, but she, but no acknowledgement of the fact that she has not taken care of or participated in the care of her grandchild. To this day. It's been 10 years. It's been 10 years. In that 10 years, how often have you heard from her? Maybe five. Five times. Has she made direct contact or communication with your daughter? She mailed cards on a birthday. She did. Not she don't do it now, but in the beginning, she mailed birthday cards. All right. Now, now so so two questions, right? Well, was she putting money in those cards or she was just sending cards? In the beginning, she did. Yeah, she put money in there and then after a while it just kind of it kind of fell off. So when's the last what's the last time she said what's the last time she sent a card to your kid? Clark. Yes. Are you trying to say that because she put $20 in the card, no, she, she get a fucking point in the fucking book? Nope, nope. That's not what I'm saying. I'm okay. just trying I'm right. just trying to see. Because right. here's the thing, right? People know when they fucked up, right? And then right. the next question I had was, when was the last time she sent anything to your daughter? It's probably been a couple of years now. Fuck her. It's probably gone by now. I mean, right. Like, yo, right. I'm saying, what, what, are you, what are you doing with that money? Maybe she bought another house? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating at this point. Yeah. Another what? trailer. But, but still. Yeah, it's gone. Whatever she did is gone. So so how much of this is your daughter aware of? She not really aware of any of it. From day one, I kept her busy. So I did the therapy. I mean, I did a whole lot. I mean, a lot of stuff happened even between there. Because even when I got married at the time, I had, you know, my daughter was living with me. Um, even that relationship went south. I went to New York to bury a younger brother, came back home. That second wife cleared everything, took all our stuff, just left my daughter's bedroom set and all her stuff, cleared everything. So we came home to like, we got robbed. We just see the residue that was under the furniture, that type shit. It's like- But you, y'all ain't have a fight before that? No, no, this is the crazy thing is now, was a relationship kind of like, eh, yeah. But it wasn't in my feelings inside. It wasn't breakup status. You so, know, so, so, but let me ask you this because we, we don't want to stay here. We want to really get to the conversation between what's it like raising uh, a daughter by yourself, right? But let me ask you one, one quick question. How long were you and the wife together before she actually packed the stuff up and moved out? Uh, I think we was together about four years. And did your daughter create like a mother-daughter relationship with her? She did. And it wasn't, it was a little difficult because she was closed off because all the stuff that had happened. Uh-huh. But right when she started coming around is when all this stuff happened. So the point that I, I was, the reason I brought that up is one tragic to the next. So from that time, I kept her so busy that she didn't have time. When you asked me the question on how she was handling all this, or how she was intaking it all, I kept her so busy. I don't think she really had time to even think about grandma, why grandma don't call me, the money. She didn't have time. 
So I'm going to challenge you and ask you all the questions <laughs> that a female listener would ask um, um, with respect to the second wife and her packing up the stuff and being gone when you came back, right? Were you cheating on her? I did not. Were you slapping her around? No. The disconnect became, one, I think it was pressure from half our family. Like, it's a younger guy. This ain't going to work. That was from day one. What did she do for a living? She actually used to be a singer. Okay. Believe it or not. Her family used to do jingles. Mm -hmm. They do jingles for Coca-Cola. They did all the jingles for Coca-Cola throughout the 90s. So they made a boatload of money. Blew through it. Um, she used to go sing. Um, she did a lot of ghost singing for a lot of artists. And she continued to chase that dream, even though she was a lot older, you know, and I supported her the whole way. Um, that was one of the things that was a little strained. I'm not sure if when I got into this relationship, it was sincere on, I really, really love this guy or I feel secure with this guy. And let me ask you the, the question on your side, when you got into that relationship with her, were you truly like in love with this woman or were you looking for a mom for your daughter? Challenging question. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to say I was in love with her. I, I don't think I was. What maybe after going through this dysfunctional relationship with my daughter's mom, I felt like she was grounded and she would have been a grounding figure for my daughter. Mm -hmm. She seemed to be grounded. Church, she was older. Things just seemed like she was just grounded and I and gravitated Clark, to her. And did and she Clark, have kids? Yeah. And, but I was going to say, Clark, and that's no different than when women look for father figures for their sons. Oh, absolutely. And they get involved in relationships with a guy or whoever else it is who might not be the best for them, but they're looking for something, you know, for their, 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 their children. Did she have kids of her own? She did. She did? How, how many kids? She had two. All right. So she, and were they living with you guys too, or... Were they like part-time with you guys or what was the story? They actually were living. Um, one of her, her daughter was handicapped and her son was, I mean, they were grown. Yes. And, they were grown and it was like, her daughter was in her 20s, I was handicapped, but her son was in his 30s. God bless you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. dude. So, so, shout, so shout, shout out to the older ladies out there. Listen, yeah. listen I ain't never mad at it. So um, let, let's pivot for a second, right? Yeah. Um, so you're raising a, a um, by the time you and this woman break up, let's just say seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, your daughter's 13. Yeah, somewhere around that. What's it like raising a, a preteen and then a teen by yourself as a single dad down solo there? Solo dad, As really? a solo dad down there in Georgia, GA, what, are you in Atlanta? Yeah. Look at that. Believe it or not, I'm out scared as hell. So now I have this young girl, can't leave in the house in the morning to go work out no more. I can't work too late. So it was it was scary, man. I didn't know how I was gonna manage that. But crazy as it sound, I is I didn't think about it. I just did it. Like whatever. If I can't do a job, I can't do a job. I mean, if I can't work out, I just don't work out. What's um, your support system like? Nah, it wasn't that great. My mom had actually moved to North Carolina. She moved from New York 
to here for a little while. So I didn't really have a support system. I didn't have a family here. I only had um, a younger brother that was here that he was at his own family, his own thing. So um, now I didn't have a support system. So it was completely on you. You, I mean, if you needed to do something, you hired a babysitter. It was never dropping her off at um, my brother's house or my sister's house or my mama's house, never? Never, my mom lived too far. She was in North Carolina. So my brother, I did a couple of times, you know what I'm saying? So all the time that I had became her time. It was rough for a while, man. It, But considering the experience that I've had, as far as, you know, her mom going and my divorce, getting out of that crazy relationship, I didn't really want to do nothing. So I don't know if that was a depression stage or what, but I didn't care about being in the house, working, you know, basically school hours, because I would, you know, have her go from school to an after school dance thing to give me a couple more hours home, cook dinner. And I did that for some years, yeah. but I really didn't care to do anything else other than that. Because your primary focus was making sure that she was okay. Right, her health, her, her mental health was straight. That was my main focus on mental health, man. I didn't want her to be messed up. Right. And and what about female influence on her? I mean, I mean, you date or whatever else it is, but you know, right now all the influence is coming from you, I guess. I'm asking. Does she have any other female influence? Not really. And I'm gonna tell you, that's another thing, right? Because I talk to a lot, I have conversations to a gang of females, and everybody got a different personality and a different way of thinking of things according to how they was raised and depending on what part of the country they from. Right. Um, so you know you have the ideal way of what you want your child to be, right? Yeah. You might have some females that might think school ain't important or whatever. You might have women that think the looks will carry you a long way. You may have females feel like, I mean, just it's, it's so many different ways. So it's so twisted in so many different ways. I guard that a lot. Yeah. You know, when it come down to female support, you got to be on your game to give my child some advice because your advice might not match the advice that I want her to have. You know, it's, yeah. Some of these females, the way they think is just so different that, um, you just don't want that for your kids. So, yeah, but are you concerned about the, I'm going to say lack of female influence? I'm very concerned because she only know the male part of it. Exactly. Single moms say the same thing. All he hears is from me. He hears from me. I'd like him to hear from another man or get feedback from another man. And I got to assume the same thing is happening for you. That's very important because we think we're not going to know all, we can relate to a certain degree but we can't relate to everything. I'm not gonna fool myself and say I can relate to any little emotions, emotions she go through or what I'm not. So if she begins to, she's a female, right? From when she was small, she's like a, an adult, but just in a little body, right? And they still learn it, they just build on that, but they are actually like little adults. So she might have a, say if she's telling me about a boy that she likes, Right, and I'm listening from a dad's ear. <laughs> <laughs> and she says some stuff that sounds like it's a little off, and it, and it triggers my mind that this little boy is going to try to play her, or he's looking at her for one thing, or whatever the case is. 
I'm gonna click in dad mode. So I'm gonna start telling her the the negative part of what could go wrong and to watch out and to build her and the teacher. And that's Correct. not really what she trying to go. She, she might not even be going that direction, but she's going around this whole loop to tell me one little thing, but I didn't direct the conversation <laughs> to something that, and then she shuts down like, you know what, let me just shut up because sure. I see where this is going. That's the point that needs a female in there to tell like, look, you know, they understand that stuff. man. Right. And I, I realized that not that long ago, within the past year, you know, when she got 18 and she wanted to talk a little more and open up a little more, because sometimes she have little meltdowns and I'm like, what's wrong with you? All I do is ask you to wash a cup, you know, like, <laughs> and she has a meltdown. So, but it's not considering all the things like me not listening to her or knowing when or catch the signs when she wants to talk. You know, that kind of stuff. I might go home and just want to watch TV and shut my brain off because it's a long day. And she might want to talk, but she's trying to pick up on my vibes and see if this is a good time to talk. Yeah. And she, it's all of those little things, man, that I feel like a female interaction is really important with that. Because me, I'm good with it. You good? She was like, yeah, because she don't want to disappoint me. So she know everything is good. Like everything's yeah, good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything's good. I'm good. And she go to bed and you you good. You go to bed. But meanwhile, something might be bothering her or see something that I don't catch because I don't catch all the female signs. Yeah. So speaking of female signs, right? Okay. What did you do when um she received or how did you deal with or experienced it? when she received, you know, her first uh, menstrual cycle. Man. Let me tell you. Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you. First of all, she she didn't know how to tell me. Right? And but, but wait, you knew it was coming eventually, though, right? You, you I knew, knew it was coming. I just don't know when. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. And I didn't really, I didn't have the conversation with her. Cause I didn't know all that stuff myself. So, I, so you didn't you know, have, you didn't have the menstrual conversation with her or you didn't have the birds and the bees conversation with her? <laughs> I didn't have the menstrual conversation with her. Okay. Like this is what you gotta do. I, I didn't know. So when it came and she finally told me, maybe, I don't know, end of that day. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, let's go. So, I'm, you know, of course I'm dad. So I'm gonna act like I know it. We get to the supermarket. I didn't realize there were so many daggone different <laughs> different brands and so I'm reading all the packages. We in Kroger, we in the supermarket for like an hour. We reading all the things. She looking all crazy. She was embarrassed. You were embarrassing her. Man, I probably was, but I I, I didn't know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this is embarrassing though. I just learned this not that long ago. On the little package on the pack, I thought. On the past, that was little men on there. And it looked like, because it go from small to bigger, right? Which I didn't realize that was a pad. But I thought it was men. So I was like, well, the stronger the man, because it was a big man or whatever, that means the pad is bigger. So we're going to get the strongest one, the thickest one. The strongest man on So hold on. So, oh, I'm crying. I want you to be clear. <laughs> So that all the moms can laugh at you all. No. You thought 
when you looked at the pad, that the little pad on the side of that thing was a man. I thought it was a man. It looked like a man. It, it was shaped like a man. And it then the like little one means that it's not so strong. And the bigger one means that it's real strong. Just, just being the size of the pad. So I, I don't know the flow. She wasn't trying to be like all open, like, oh, it's heavy. This I just got the strongest <laughs> one. <laughs> and it was like that for months. Like probably about a year or so. Because I bought all the passing for like a year ago. You think a grown man would know, but I didn't know. I mean, I'm gonna tell you the, the worst part for me was um I used to buy sports bras because I didn't know how to do no bras. <laughs> <laughs> Easy thing is to get a sports bra, right? So I remember the first time we went to the store because she was getting a little big, she needed a bra. I was holding the bras up to her like a shirt. And I didn't you know, and she she embarrassed. Were holding the bras up to her shirt like it was a an NFL jersey to see if it fit. Yeah, right. man, to see if it fit. I'm holding up to her and I'm like, yeah, I think this might be the one, this and that. And I didn't really, and then somebody in another house, some other lady saw her laughing. I heard her laughing at me. So my daughter got embarrassed. So I said, Bump that, we getting a sports bra. Okay. I got a sports bra, and it was up until the dance instructor was like, look, man, you got to take it to get some bras because these sports bras ain't working no more. You you know, if you need me to take you, you want me to help you? And I'm like, kick in, because I, I I didn't know that you can go to places like Dillard's and they will size her up. Yeah. She's a kid. She don't know. I don't know. We too... We don't, you know, we just sitting there like, elevator. right. You, you're figuring it, you like, like we always say, like you, you fly in the plane and changing the oil at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And this ain't a model you're used to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so have you had the birds and the bees conversation with her? I did. Um, the, the hardest thing with that with my daughter, she don't give feedback. She, she does listen. not give feedback. She does not give feedback. She'll listen. And she'll stare, and I'm like, "You understand?" She's like, yeah. staring at you like you're stupid. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know. I believe that I'm a true believer that if I throw a seed out there, something won't grow, right? Yes. Right. Well, you hear me, you might not understand. You might not even be listening to me. But as long as you can hear me, something's gonna grow. Yes. And I just say what I say and. It normally just goes like that. Yeah, my kid does it all the time. He looks at me like I'm dumb when I'm, and he's four. Right. He looks at me like I'm dumb. So, so listen, guys, we need to wind down, right? Um, believe it or not, we've been on for an hour and a half. I love this conversation, though. I love this conversation. Um, and uh, I wish we could have got into more. Um, I think that there are some really important topics here, right? The relationship between our functional, what did we call them? Functional, what did you call Functional in-laws. Our yeah. functional in-laws. You know, the idea that Clark, that you guys, you know, trust each other enough, you know, to put policies in each other's name versus putting the policies in your parents' name with the hope that mm -hmm. your parents are going, you know, to do uh, whatever else it is, right? Um, I think those are all important subjects that we really need to dive more into. Um, Dara, um, any closing remarks for you? Uh, for me, Actually, man, this show is therapeutic because I don't really sit That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah, That's the goal. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I don't cool. so I don't have that tight person. I just let it, you know, we just don't talk about people just don't avoid the personal stuff these days. So um 
it's therapeutic. But one thing I can say is, and I'm learning every day, communicate, communicate. And, and absolutely, the more talk is the better, you know, and I'm learning that. It's a, I'm gonna tell you one of the biggest things that I learned is to say, I love you. I didn't grow up in an affectionate family. We knew, we always knew we loved each other, but it was never said, it was my family, it was never touchy-feely and never, I love you, kiss you, never. So it, it was a, it's a, a normal feeling for me not to be affectionate. And I didn't realize that it's, it affects. It affects the people that's not even used to it. That's my daughter. She ain't used to me being affectionate, but it affects her. And it was weird for me to learn that. Like, you ain't, that's like being affected, not having money. You know what I'm saying? You never had it. How can you be affected for not having money? But it, it, it is. But so that's one of my biggest things that I, it's, it should, I shouldn't be like this, but it is that I have to remember to say, you know, in the morning time, knock on the door, like, hey, I'm going, love you. And it, it makes a big, I notice all of a sudden now my daughter's talking to me more. She just coming out of her room and just wanting to have a conversation. It's, that's pretty big for me. Dude, that, that, that's so good. Congratulations, dude. So um, Clark, I think it's okay for both, both of us, for me to speak for both of us when I say, dude, we love you. Yeah. We appreciate you and we honor you. Um, you are doing a big job and we appreciate it. Big facts, big fucking facts, man. I appreciate that. Thank you, Darren. All right, bro. All right, be good. All right, man. Yeah, be safe. Good All right. All right. Yo, ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults, thank you for joining us for another episode of Single Dad. Why you mad? You know, we are out here. We are on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on anywhere that you can get podcasts. Um, you know. Follow us on our social media. We have a Twitter. We have Facebook. You know, we're on Instagram. You know, so you can you know get nosy and follow us in our personal lives a little bit too. And for all those who are following the podcast and supporting us, we truly appreciate you. You know, it, it's amazing the 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 recognition and love that we're getting from international audiences now. David, you got anything you want to add? Single dad, why you mad? 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 Single dad, why you mad?